That's how it is. It's gone 10 after 2 on a Wednesday afternoon. It's Love and Life with me, Penny Libiana. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Of course, uh, October in full swing, almost coming to an end because it's the first, uh, this coming Saturday. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's been a very interesting week that I tell you. Things have been hectic, uh, in the sporting front. Went into the weekend. Uh, with the passing of Mulaini uh, Mulaudzi, uh, that's uh, the 800 meters Commonwealth uh, champ there, and uh, he got silver at the Olympics uh, as well. And uh, yeah, he passed on on Friday, car accident, uh, early hours of the morning. That story broke Friday afternoon uh, in South Africa, so uh, the sporting world in South Africa went into mourning. Um, that Friday, of course, went into the weekend with sketchy details of that. Came Sunday, biggest blow, uh, the passing, uh, shooting of, uh, the captain of, uh, uh, Bafana Bafana, Orlando Pirates goalkeeper, Bafana Bafana goalkeeper as well. Uh, I'm talking about, uh, uh, Senzo Meiwa. Now that one is major. I've never had so many speculations about a story. It's just intense. Of course, uh, what makes it dramatic is uh, the love triangle there. Uh, relationship uh, Senzo was apparently estranged or still with his wife, depending on who you're listening to. Uh, and uh, right smack in the middle of that is... Uh, uh, Afro pop singer Kelly Kumalo, uh, who got involved with him. Then there was an altercation with the wife sometime last year. She was arrested, her and her sister. Then the next thing there was a pregnancy, a breakup, medium, uh, magazine covers. Senzo and the wife know I've forgiven him. We're back together. Boom, baby's born. Then the next thing he's on Instagram as well as the Nickelodeon, um, yeah, launch of um channel, Nickelodeon, Nick Jr. and Nick Tunes channel launch with Kelly Kumalo and the baby. And the story just kicked off. And that's three weeks ago. And, of course, on Sunday, it all came to a screeching halt, Uh, you know, when he was shot by apparent robbers. There's a side that says it's robbers. There's a side that says it's not robbers. It was a hit. The question is, who are these people? And if it's a hit, who sent them? Now, that is crazy, you know, because there's those who are saying, suspecting. They're putting Kelly in the middle of things. And there are those who are saying the wife has enough ammunition and anger to do it. And then there's just some of us who are like, I don't know. Why are the parents taking sides? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's interesting. Uh, if you go on Twitter and you, you follow some of uh, the hashtags, uh, of course, uh, that broke on Sunday. But then Monday, uh, well, it happened Sunday late, late in the evening on Sunday. Monday morning went into full swing. By the afternoon, uh, Kelly was called all sorts of horrible names. It's just so crazy. Who was married in this case? You know? You know, yeah, I, I will get to the latest. Well, the latest is that Senzamewa's father says, everyone is welcome to the funeral except for Kelly. And that's the person who drove his son to the hospital. Uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's just crazy. And then there were Instagram, fa- Instagram, um, 
hacking a guy saying he knows what happened boom and then he goes no his instagram was hacked it's not him who posted the message uh, you know uh, because according to him Senzo Muiwa was on his way uh, from Kelly to go meet his wife it's like really <laughs> it's i'm telling you generations has nothing on this uh, scandal has nothing on this and uh, any other uh, soapy that you can think of and of course then there's uh, the blacks who want to uh, keep the morning going why is kelly driving the guy's car i mean really how is she supposed to get around that's the car that they've been using do you know what i mean that's the car that they've been using they've been using the car her and this guy and it's it's just weird it's weird it's like yeah no the concubines on Facebook and mistresses and side chicks. The whole country has gone crazy. At least Twitter has, you know. And this is crazy because it's soccer. You know, from the local cleaner to the CEO, everyone is flipping affected. It's Orlando Pirates. Everyone is talking about it. Everyone's got like, you know, 15 cents uh, of worth to to stretch it. I can tell you. It's just crazy. But uh, then, boom, uh, the wife is showing up at the police station. Uh, question is, uh, is she being questioned or is she asking the police to escort her to go fetch the car? <laughs> it's crazy. Then the next thing, people are complaining, why is Kelly Kumalo's mother wearing a tight? I mean, <laughs> you're like, whoa. And then, of course, there's the, oh, Senzo, what an awesome guy. He was so loving, dedicated family man. Bull crap. <laughs> Bull dust. You know. And then there's like, yeah, he was married. No, he wasn't. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, he paid Lobola. Yes, he did. But they were estranged. Yeah, he moved out. She moved out. He was living with Kelly. No, he wasn't. It's like. Okay, what the heck is going on? And to take it to another level, a week ago, Kelly Kumala was on um, Thursday Night Live with uh, Robert Marawa, of course, performing her latest song, and the guests on the show were the Minister of Sports, uh, of course, Figuren Balula, and uh, Senzo Meiwa, who was asked to introduce Kelly before she performed and he seemed very happy to be in her company but it gets interesting because kelly's latest song is called asinne it's in venda right and the song says it's not me it talks about a woman who's accused of killing her husband she goes on on the show with robert marawa to say well, this news, the song of mine, you know, is about a woman uh, who's accused of killing her husband. Like you, Robert, right now, if you were to pass on, the first suspect would be the woman in your life. This is eerie stuff. It's like, it's, no script can get more interesting. I mean, I don't think any script writer can pull this one off. That's that. And it's like, was she prophetic about what's going to happen? And then obviously on the show, they ask her, so what is the song, you know, the song about? And she's like, yes, I'm speaking on behalf of this woman. Now the question is, is she speaking on behalf of herself or is there another woman involved in this? It's, 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 it's what? Art imitating life? So that's how hectic that story is. Of course, another one on the sporting front is a boxer. 
uh, as well, uh, who passed on, who was uh, in a coma two weeks ago, and uh, she passed on yesterday. So the sports minister has been issuing out statements left, right, and center. And uh, because he, you know, went and, and made a statement about the first one, he has to make a statement about the second one, and he has to make a statement about the third one. And because he went to go visit uh, Senzo Mayuwa's family in Durban yesterday, today he has to go to Limpopo to go <laughs> visit Emelaudi's family. And of course, he's going to have to go uh, visit Pelesi with family as well. That is just crazy. And you think that's not crazy? In Zambia, the president who has been out of action since June because of ill health and they were denying that he's not well, left the country uh, last week or so to go to London just before they celebrated independence uh, to get attention for medical health. And he passed on in London. And all along they were denying that he's alive. That's in Zambia. Uh, of course, that's what happened today. He passed on this morning, 77-year-old um, Sata. Now, I guess even more interesting, the bodies are still not back from Nigeria. And the deputy president of South Africa says, we should let the Nigerians lead this process because they have their own protocol of how they do things. And everyone is like, why is he saying that all of a month, all of a Wednesday? When it's been over a month and we've been waiting, he says, they have their own processes, they have their own way. And the whole country's like, a month later, you're telling us to still be patient? Are you kidding us? Can we just cut this out? Um, this is the deputy president. So the question is, is the president in agreement with him? Because all the statements that have been issued out regarding that case have been coming out of the minister in the deputy president, Jeff Khadebe. So do you think the three are in disagreement about this whole thing? So those are some of the bizarre, interesting, fascinating, shocking things that these past three days have been about. I mean, that's nothing compared to the fact that, yeah, Oscar Pistorius is coming back. Yes, the NPA has decided that they're going to challenge the sentence and the judgment. So we're going to see Judge Masiba again, you know, and that's how it's going to go. But, uh, yeah, I guess I guess gave you a f- fast track. And, of course, finally today, uh, the Dipslut murderer involving the two young children, Dipslut has been sentenced, and he swore at the judge. Take it back, take it back, take it back.
having this conversation on air. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay, let me welcome my. Where, where did you take my information that I gave you? D, I'm gonna smack you. Okay, um, welcome my guests, of course, for this afternoon. We talking to Julia Shabala, who is a campaign ambassador for Look Good, Feel Good, and of course, uh, assisting B Cancer Aware as a spokesperson for their Think Beyond Pink uh, campaign. Uh, of course, we're gonna talk about her experience with breast cancer and all of that. Uh, but we've been having a chitter chatter about this whole uh, Senzo Meira Kelly Kumala uh, situation, and uh, um, that's why I was saying we're not gonna have this conversation. And I don't know. Do you want to have this conversation? No, I definitely don't want to have this conversation. She doesn't want to have this conversation. I want people coming after me when I drive out of here. Ah, uh, no one will come after you. Who? Orlando Pirates fans. Yeah. Yeah, and you're wearing their colors there, black and white, well, uh, and red. So it won't be uh, difficult for them to spot me. That's uh, yeah. They'll they'll be able to they'll be able to pick you up. Uh, look, yeah. I mean, every yeah. That's it. It's just, it's just crazy. It's really, really crazy. But yeah, that's, uh, that's that. So let's talk about, uh, look, feel good, look good, uh, feel good. Um, and, uh, you share, you share your personal, uh, story with us. It, you discovered a lump, uh, in your breast when you were 15. Yes. So you basically, uh, uh, you know, destroy that myth that says, oh, it happens to older women. Mm. You know, you gotta be like on the other side of 30 or even 40. Some people True. push it there. Um, and you know, what happened? Well, when I was 15, I did discover a lump Because I come from a very open-minded family mm. And my mom and my dad were very open about everything So we, I, I come from a home where we talk about everything So um, from very early on in my life My mom would like get talks at work for instance You know how they send people mm. to come tell you You could get breast cancer And she'd come home and she'd share mm. So the one day she came home and she shared And she was like you know, there's breast cancer, this and this. And that was the very first time I ever heard of breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, from that point onwards, I had always just become so aware of my breasts. To the point where when I was 15, I was in the bath and I was feeling around. And I felt a strange little lump and I thought, okay, maybe this is the breast cancer thing. Mm. Um, I went back to my mom and I said, oh, geez, I felt a little lump in my boob. And she was like, no, go to the doctor. Mm. And sure as it was, I went to the doctor, got to the doctor, went for a sonogram, and it came back, and he was like, look, these are just fibrinoma, mm. which have normal glands in the breasts. Mm-hmm. Nothing to worry about. They're B9. Mm. And you're 15. I don't want to cut you up and remove these things, especially since they're not uncomfortable. Mm. So should these grow and become uncomfortable, you can come back. We'll see what we do about them. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Walked mm. out. Mm. Did my thing, lived my life, matriculated, went to varsity, got my LLB degree. Mm. And at this point, I started feeling my breasts and... It wasn't the same. Mm. Um, what was a little gland back then that I'd touch and it would move around a little bit, stopped mm. moving. Mm. And it was a little on the painful side. So I thought, hmm, maybe this is the part where the fibroma become uncomfortable. Mm. But I did not even think breast cancer at mm. that point because mm. I, I, I was like, okay, fibroma. And he did mention that they could become uncomfortable. So I was open to the idea of maybe later on they become uncomfortable and he does something about it. Mm. And I went on with my life, did practical legal school. It was after finding a job and before my board exams Mm. that I had this solid rock-like thing in my breast and it it, it had grown from the last time. Mm. And what made me feel like, okay, maybe just focus on your board exams and not worry about it too much is because in February of the very same year, I had gone to a doctor and she said to me, no way, you can't have breast cancer, you're a child. You're too young oh, for that. And I was 24 word. years old. So she said to me, don't worry about it. Call me breast cancer. There's just no way. Oh, my word. Yeah. And she didn't even feel my breasts. So I thought, okay, well, I guess I am crazy to think that I could have breast cancer. 
get out of here. I promise you. And I thought, okay, well, that means I'm a-okay. And so seven months later, I've, I've started this new job now. I'm going on leave. I've got to write my board exams. And I'm feeling this uncomfortable feeling all over again. And this time it's grown bigger. And I said to a colleague of mine, oh my gosh, I feel like there's something that's very abnormal in my breasts. And I've been to a doctor. Wasn't this just one breast or was it both? It was the one breast, but I had fibronoma in both. Mm. But the development had been happening in my favorite one, you know, the perkia one out of the two. Yeah. And I just felt like, oh, it can't be, <laughs> you know. So a part of me was also like in denial. I did not want to believe that it could be anything besides the fibronoma. Mm. And she said to me, no, Julia, go see a doctor. You know, you've got to, to do this. And I went to see a doctor and she got the shock of her life. And she was just like, because she did a sonar, because obviously... Did uh, you go to the very same doctor? No, I went to a different doctor. Okay. Yeah, I went to a radiographer this time, and she said to me, okay, come through. She did a sonogram. Mm -hmm. And she just could not hide the fact that she was shocked. Like the look in her eyes, you know when you're shocked, but you're not trying to... But she gave it away, I could see that she was shocked. But Mm. I just thought, okay, my fibronoma is just that big, Mm. you know. And she was like to me, no, you have to come back in two days, we're doing a core biopsy. Most painful thing ever. What is what is a, a core biopsy? A core biopsy is where they take a needle, sort mm. of like an injection, and mm. they put it in the tumor or cyst, mm. and they remove a sample so that they can take that to the lab to yeah. determine whether it's cancerous or not. Mm. So they did that, and four days later, ooh, you've got breast cancer. The shock. So by now, you're like, it's almost 10 years. Since since your first you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, yes mm. yeah since your first little um, what's going on mm. type of thing mm. oh shucks that that she was shocked obviously uh, how yeah. were you how were you feeling I was feeling because I went there alone hey mm. I thought oh well she's just gonna tell me about fibroma all over again so I walked in there alone I didn't even have my wallet I had nothing on me because I was going in there to hear yeah, I don't have anything and. If you that uncomfortable, maybe you can see a doctor and they can remove them. Mm. And I received the worst news of my life. And at that point, you know, when you start working and the medical aid says, well, check. Mm. Now you're working. How's about you get off your mom's medical Till aid? aid. Yeah. So I was at that point. I was on no medical aid. Oh. And I was so in, you the were, you in the transition exactly, period. Yes, yeah. Exactly. So yeah. it couldn't have happened at a worse time. Mm. So, um... Yeah, I just thought, oh gosh. And then she said to me, okay, well, now we have to do a mammogram. And I mean, I'm sorry to bring this up, but you've got to pay. <laughs> mm. You know? And I thought, okay, I'm just going to get out of here, drive to my place, get the money, come back. You know, I'm speaking to myself. And I got into the car, don't know how I drove back home. And when I got back, I had all this money. And I was like, yeah, take the money. And she just could see that I was so out of my mind. She was just mm. like, okay, Julia, look, I'll do the mammogram for you for free. Mm. Put the money away. Mm. <laughs> you, know? you just need you need to gather your thoughts. Yeah, and, because yeah. I was so all over the place in that moment. So she did the, the, the mammogram. And from there onwards, it just became referral after referral. I went to obviously save my eggs before the chemotherapy because mm. there's a possibility that my ovaries were not going to bounce back. Mm. And I have no children. Mm. So they had to sort of make a way for that. Mm. And yeah, then it became chemotherapy, um, mastectomy, radiation, and now I'm here. So, how many are we talking? We're talking a year, two years. How far back are we talking when this talk, experience happened? We're talking exactly a year ago. We're talking exactly a year mm. ago. Take me to the conversation, uh, you know, when you remember when you first had a conversation with your mom mm. to this time mm. when you're actually now having a conversation with her and you've discovered, um, you know, that mm. this is the situation that you're, that you're in. My mom is very positive, eh? Mm. She she was just like, look, if it is breast cancer, like they say it is, you know, then we just need to act on it and, 
you'll be healed. Mm. You know, I don't think for any mother it's easy to just sit there and believe that the worst is about to happen. You've got to sort of in the in the moment be positive. So my parents mm. had no choice mm. but at that moment to be positive so that I could also pick up on that. Because, I mean, if I had mm. seen gloom and doom from the home front, I, mm. I would have never been confident enough to, like, feel I can get through the whole process. Okay, you spoke about how you were about to write your bar exam, you know, mm. um, and, you know, it was a transitional period for you uh, in terms of work-wise. Mm. Um, so... How did how did uh, these news disrupt your life? Would you say? Sure, they totally disrupted my life because the call to, for me to receive my um, results came at a time when I was just about to write my final exam. So mm-hmm. it was. Did you actually go right? I did. That, yeah. I refused to not go right because mm-hmm. I just am of that personality. I'm just not that person who's going to be like, okay, now I've got this possible scare of breast cancer. I'm going to mm. sit back, you know, and wallow in my sorrow. Mm. And I'm, I'm just not that person. Mm. So for me, it was always about cancer wasting my time mm. more than me structuring my time yeah. around this cancer situation. Mm. So I had written, because with board exams, you write two days, two exams mm. on each day. So I had written the sec- the first exam of the last day and I had the last one to go and mm. that's when I received the phone call and I refused to answer it. Mm. I went and wrote my exam but obviously with that thing at the back of my mind that they've called me now they've got the results and mm. when I was done writing I called them and they were like she wants to see you tomorrow and we all know when there's nothing wrong with you no one tells you to come tomorrow. They just tell you somewhere beyond the news yeah. you know you're fine there's nothing wrong with you so mm. that's when I sort of started taking it a bit seriously because now my board exams were done and I had this to face mm. and she was saying to me they want to see you tomorrow and she even gave me a time and mm. I thought okay this could be serious. Well obviously um you know stress is one factor that had to be elimi- eliminated in your life mm. at the at, you know especially when you're dealing with yeah. breast cancer but yet it was a very stressful time because you had the spot exam mm. you had, uh, you, had uh, you know these results come so how did you manage your life uh, from then forward? Look, I felt, okay, Julia, you've got breast cancer. You could either be really negative or really positive. You Mm. could either wallow in self-pity and take yourself through to a stage where you're so depressed Mm. that you can't even get past this whole thing. Or you could just be positive because, like what you've just said now, you can't have a disease like cancer Mm. and want to be wallowing in self-pity. because Mm. The Mm. temptation is there, I can tell Mm. you now, Mm. because you do have those days. I'm not saying that... You know, I went through breast cancer without even having a moment of sadness. I definitely did. I had those moments where I just felt like, wow. Mm. You know, especially when you have to make tough decisions about, do I keep my job? Mm. Do I continue, you know, with the treatment, just focus on that? Mm. Or do I try to do everything? Because I I did that for a while. I tried to do everything. I tried to stay working and, you know, go for treatment. You you try to to say it's not just going to disrupt my life. Nothing is going to change. But then you realize that, you know what, I need to face this Mm -hmm. head on. So so obviously your life was disrupted. You had to leave your job. I had to leave my job. That Mm. was the most difficult decision ever. Mm. Because I felt... You know, as a young person and you're working and you've stopped being dependent on your parents and Mm. then it comes to that point where it's just like, Nana, you can't do this. Mm. You know, because I was literally from chemo after chemo off for four days, back again at work. Then just as you get back to work, it's time to go back again. And I just felt, you can't do this. You've got to be realistic. Mm. You know, obviously symptoms are different for different people. People, Yeah. But for me, I just thought that the best thing, and I mean, I was young and I had done my, I thought, you know, you've, you've got your degree. It's not going anywhere. Mm. You know, you can't just take a break from things and, and focus on, on this. And then when it's done, you can pick up where you left off. 
that was scary because you, yeah. you, you, you know, you, we condition ourselves to say, you know, I've just, I've just graduated. That's what I've done. That's what you I'm do. going to do. You, you know, this is my life plan. It's like this thing just comes mm. and it, it, it steers it in, a, in another direction. Did that, did that sort of like uh, force you to do a lot of introspection and to relook uh, your life and, and, and prioritize in a different way? And, and how did, did it do that? It did because for the longest time I was a planner. You know, from since I, I was in matric, I knew that, okay, I'm going to finish my matric. I'm going to varsity. I'm not falling pregnant. You know, I had all these things in place. Yeah. And then when I found out, oh, now you've got to go save your eggs. You've got to go to a fertility clinic. And I thought, what was all that for? Yeah. You know, mm. maybe I should just have a baby <laughs> because now it's just that it's not that I don't want kids. I yeah. definitely do. But yeah. I was just trying to do things the right way. Wait, yes. I was trying to plan and, you know, and at some point I thought, oh, gosh, am I being punished now for something? Am I being punished for doing things right? Mm. So um I had to learn to. To forgive my journey, mm-hmm. you know, mm. and to understand that I don't always have to plan so much mm. because I planned everything. everything. And maybe this was the moment where I could sit down and think about what really does, what does Julia really want? Yes, mm. you've got your LLB degree. Is that even what you really want to be doing? Mm. You know, so I got time to sit with myself and know myself mm. because I don't think I knew myself as much as I did. Firstly, I didn't think I was this strong. Mm. I didn't think I could get cancer and 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 you know be the way that i was with it because mm. i just took it and honestly i went from shock horror appointment on appointment on appointment to scratching out the medical pe- medical aid people you know to say you know you've got to approve this thing so that you know my kid because at the end of the day cancer is expensive, it's expensive yeah. it hits you physically it hits you emotionally and it hits you financially it hits yeah. you hard mm. so i had to to yeah to sit with me and and i'm glad to say that today i know me a whole lot better than i did before this whole thing i thought i knew me but i didn't so how would you describe the julia that uh you know before the diagnosis and, and the julia after she She's not so paranoid, hey? Mm. <laughs> so I was so paranoid before. It was just like, it has to be the right way or no way. You know, I've got to please this one, got to please that one. And no, now I know who my friends are, mm. you know, because when your journey is, 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 is at a point where it's at its steepest, you mm. know, when you're like climbing, you know, that incline, yeah. people aren't really there for you. No. So you learn, you know, that, okay, these people are in my corner and they stay in my corner. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more open-minded. You know, I'm discovering new things. I mean, there are a lot of things that cancer gave me that me before cancer would not have been able to do. Like, I wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be realizing that, oh, my gosh, I love radio. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So there are a lot of things that I'm discovering about myself. And, sorry, mom and dad, maybe it's not law. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's not law. Maybe not. Is, is, is one of your parents, like, in, in the legal fraternity or was it always a family dream? For someone to be in my it. dad, your dad, <laughs> so yeah. he was like, Yo, I'm so proud. And when I passed my board exams, I was like, Oh, finally, I get an attorney. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, Do you really? <laughs> <laughs> so, all along, he was like, Yes, yes. Attorney, so, know? he was like, Yes. So, I know yeah. that my, my dad really wanted an attorney, and mm. I feel to this point, I've, I've done him proud. Mm. I am an attorney, mm. but whether I pursue that or not, mm. that's entirely my decision, and I've learned that along the way. Of course, it, it, it always comes uh, comes in handy. That's, that's so true. So, let's talk about uh, these new passions that you've discovered because you come here uh, today uh, not just um, as a survivor but you also come here today to to speak about your work uh, you know with uh, feel good look good uh, as well as um, the B the, the uh, B cancer aware um, organization share with us these new passions that you've had how did that come about 
I hit the ground running. Mm. I think they told me, you've got cancer. And I was like, okay, how am I going to make this work for me? Mm. You know, and from just the start of treatment, I got involved in anything and everything breast cancer related. Mm. You know, I wanted to make having cancer something positive, mm. almost like I wanted to befriend my cancer. Mm. And I did. Mm. I love my cancer, mm. you know. Mm. Obviously, it's a difficult journey for any person who, who who's experienced somebody who's mm. got cancer or mm. who's had cancer. Mm. It's not the easiest of journeys. Mm. But I decided I'm going to befriend this thing mm. and I'm going to make the best out of a worse situation, mm. a very bad situation. And that's what I did. So from the beginning, I got involved with Roche, mm-hmm. which is... Um, very big on cancer. They've got a book out with uh, that's got, you know, the medica- the different types of medications, what mm. they do. And they said to me, "Would you like to share a story?" And I was like, "Sure." Mm. You know, and that's how I got involved. And I was then put on their database, and I'd share. And I guess maybe they found something unique in my story because they approached me and they were like, "Would you like to get involved in being the spokesperson for Be Cancer Way, mm. the thing beyond Pink campaign?" And I was like, "Sure." Mm. You know, mm. and. Any person, whether you're Bonner Magazine, whether you're Kaya whether you're Cliff Central, mm, mm. the moment you want to hear, I'm, I'm more than willing to share because I feel like had I heard that it's possible for someone my age to get breast cancer, I wouldn't have dismissed it when a doctor dismissed it. Mm, yes. You know? So I that's mean, how I got involved. Yeah, because the, you, you, the minute you get to share, they say she didn't even touch my breast. She even definitely did like, mm. And the fact she... You know, if he, if he didn't, if he didn't touch your breast, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, it's like, she didn't even touch your breast yeah. and she said, you're a child. She did. Oh my she did. goodness. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so, so, so tell us more about the, the campaign. Yeah. So, um, the, the Think Beyond Pink campaign is basically to raise awareness. Um, and they use my story basically in press releases, mm. radio, TV, everywhere. Um, just to sort of like raise awareness to any bis- to to everyone, you know, mm. on, on cancer. And since it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, that was the focus. Mm. But think beyond pink is think beyond just breast cancer. You know, think all cancers. You know, think raising um, awareness beyond I- any sort of cancer that that you can think of because there are so many different types of cancers. Mm. With look good, feel better. Mm. When I got diagnosed, I thought, okay, cancer has this face. Mm. You know, mm. everybody knows. A person to have cancer to be bald, mm. pale, you know, absolutely miserable. Mm. And I decided I'm not going to be that girl. Mm. Mm. So <laughs> not going to be that girl. I'm yeah. not going down that route. Yeah. You know, I am me before I've got cancer. Yeah. So I'm not going to now look like cancer. Cancer will fit into who Julia is. Julia's yeah. not going to fit into what cancer is. Yeah. So um I decided from there I'm gonna cut my hair before it falls off. Yeah. Cut my hair. Mm. And I bought myself a lace wig. Yeah. And because I stopped working Mm. Every time when it was Friday and it was time for chemo, mm. I'd get all dressed up, put on my makeup, and I'd strut right into oh. the chemo room. And people would always be like, "Why are you here?" You know, because mm. I've, I had a friend of mine who went bald, you yes. know, you know, in my honor, yeah. and she loved herself bald. Mm. And I thought, okay, I'm not doing that. Mm. So she'd go to with to chemo with me every single time. And when we walked in. They'd always think she was there for the key. <laughs> so we'd always see play on people's emotions. We'd walk in and we'd both sit by the, the place where you do, we're supposed to like take your bloods. Yeah. And when it was our turn, we'd sit on purpose and not go in and they'd be like, Oh, sorry, ma'am. It's your turn. Yeah. And she'd be like, No, it's not me. <laughs> she's, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm here. She's here for the cancer. Yeah. So, um, 
that's how I got involved with Look Good, Feel Better. Mm. You know, um, through their workshops, what they do is they help women deal with the yes. appearance-related side effects of cancer yeah. by using cosmetics. Mm. You know, because no one tells you when you get diagnosed that someone can help you draw your eyebrows back on because they do disappear. Mm. You know, and you've got a lot of people these days walking on with su- surprised faces. Mm, mm. And I used to be like, oh, we're surprised. Mm. And now it's like, you're going to be surprised. <laughs> you know, so they're an organization yeah. that basically... Puts women at ease, yeah. you know, because you go from having a full set of eyebrows to having no eyebrows. Yeah. You know, you're going from having a perfect skin to getting um, breakouts and things breakouts like that. Breakouts yeah. and, yeah, next thing your skin is dry, you know. So they help women and men as mm, well, mm, you know, deal mm. with those effects. So they just thought, okay, you stand for what you believe in. And I believed in their cause because mm. I didn't believe that we all had to look that way. I mean, no, you've got yeah. you've got models in there. You've got CEOs. You've got different types of people. Mm. And they would, they look different before the cancer. They can still look different after. So that's what got me involved with Look Good, Feel Better. That's uh, that's awesome. How did your um, lifestyle um, change? I did my best to not let my lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. Um, the one of the annoying things was I had to go home because mm. I lived on my own. And you know, when you started living on your own, yeah, I had to move back home, and obviously I had to deal with the nausea, mm. the the fatigue, all the side effects. You know, mm. your nails turn black, and all of that. But it didn't really change much because I felt that for me to also be in a space where I can cope, I needed to keep things as much in. in the same as possible I had to just try to keep my life As it was as much as possible mm. As opposed to changing it too much So besides Stopping The work part of things And you know Being home full time And focusing on getting better mm. And the ordinary side effects That you would get as a case patient And obviously dedicating Every day of your life To going You know For treatment Or to dealing with treatment mm. I didn't really make That many changes To mm. be honest No um, you know, earlier on you touched on about um, the support of your family and and the friend who you know went bold. Mm. Um, you know the, the significance of those kind of relationships and those the, the support that you had. Uh, how important would you say it is for 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 someone who's going through, um, you know, this journey? It's very important because there are so many things that you were able to do at a blink of an eye that you're not so able to do anymore. Mm. You need somebody who's going to drive you to, to treatment. Mm. You know, and for me, that was my best friend because mm. at the time, fortunately for me, she she had also just graduated but hadn't started working. Mm. So she had the time to take me to the doctor, you know, all of those things. And you need your parents, you know, mm. you need people to, to sort of sympathize with you and understand, you, you know, mm. where you are. Because I had a lot of things. It's, it's like you're back at home and it's that reality. And then it's the reality of you're not working anymore. You know, whatever money you need, it's coming from your parents now, mm. Mm. you know. So they had to sort of accommodate me in such a way that... They baby you, they look after you, you know, you need that help, you need that support, you need people around you as well to also be positive. Do you have other siblings? I do. Mm. And funny, out of the three of us, mm. I'm the healthiest. So it came with a shock. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm, you're the My healthiest? brother had epilepsy, well, he was born, he had epilepsy and asthma. Mm. My sister had endometriosis, she had arthritis. And I was like as fit as a fiddle. Mm. And then I'm the one now who goes and gets the cancer. So I always used to laugh and think, oh, Are wow. Are you the eldest? My or turn had to come. I'm the middle the child. Middle I'm child. the ignored one as well. <laughs> so I guess maybe God was just like, okay, let's give you a bit of attention. <laughs> so, so let's give you a bit of, of attention. Okay. So um, how do I, how do you, I get to think beyond, uh, you know, beyond pink? How do you, how do you get that message across for people to, to understand that it's not just about October? I don't, I don't. 
I want us to go beyond, you know, October breast cancer awareness, mm. uh, you know, um, you know, uh, think pink and, you know, it's women and their cancer to just really realize that it's, 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 it's part of our lives and mm. how we can empower ourselves and educate ourselves. So we understand that, you know, if we ever find ourselves uh, in a similar situation, mm. we, we're more empowered rather, you know, cause I think if you were not informed and you were not empowered, sure. you wouldn't have been able to, to, to have that introspective conversation yourself to say, okay, this is how this is going to fit into my life and mm-hmm. how it's not going to, mm-hmm. you know, absorb take me. Over, take, yeah, yeah, take over. Yeah. Look, as I, I share every day, all day, mm. you know, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere, you mm. know, I just, I speak about things because I'm so grateful for my mom mm. and, and her having been able to just speak to me. Mm. So I think the thing beyond pink campaign is, is to create conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, just so that people are talking about cancer all the time, every time. Mm. I guess it works better with breast cancer because you can feel your breast, you can self check, mm. and that's why you know they put it out there because you can you can can pick it up yourself. Mm. But what about the person who gets blood cancer? Mm. You know, who, who doesn't cancer, exactly? You know, you know those yeah. ones that don't really scream well, yeah. out at you that much. Yeah. Something that you can't really feel and, and discover. Yeah. So I the think pink. Think beyond pink campaign is just to say, you know, let's create conversations. Let's make it an everyday thing, you mm. know, share whenever, however, you know, you don't really have to wear a pink ribbon just in October, mm. you know, and, and you don't have to only think that there's breast cancer, educate yourself. So it's just to create that dialogue. Mm. Yeah. So that's, that's for me, that's what the think pink, the young pink campaign is about. Okay. So obviously for webs and before we talk about your handles, uh, if people want to find out more about, uh, to, you know, they can go to becancerawareco.za. Uh, mm-hmm. is, 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 is this for Think Beyond Pink, the campaign, the website? Yes. yes. It's okay. for anything that has to do with the Think Beyond Pink campaign. Okay. So people can go there. And yeah. Okay, of course, and that I can also check out Look Good, Feel Good uh, website as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's awesome. Well, anything else that you'd like to share w- with our listeners that you think, you know, um, this is what you'd like them to remember about Julia? She's funky. <laughs> and spunky. <laughs> she makes cancer look so cool. But no, besides that, I just want to, I'd like every woman to take away from this, this, this month that you need to be one with your body. You need to understand what's normal and what's not mm. normal. You know, you need to be friends with the, the twins that aren't so identical. Mm. But you need to realize now that, okay, it's not about them not being identical anymore. They're just two different things, mm. you know, because they change in size, they change in appearance. So if you're not aware of what they look like on a normal day, mm. it will be very difficult for you to just pick up when there's something that's really, really wrong. So just get to know your body. And when you do go to a doctor and they say there's nothing wrong with you, even though you believe it, it's not a bad thing to get a second opinion. Mm. You know, you won't regret it. And as, as a mom, you know, talk to your daughter, mm. let her know, even as women, as, 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 as friends, as friends, yeah, as girlfriends and boyfriends, just because we talk compare. about so many things, but we don't talk about the, we don't real, talk about the, the, real thing, the real things, the mm. things that really matter. All right, uh, Julia, thanks very much uh, for coming through. So, what are your Twitter handles, Facebook, Instagram? On Instagram, I'm Julia Shabalala. Mm-hmm. And then on. With Twitter, a T or with a C? With oh, a S-H. Oh, so, S-H. it's Julia yeah. Shabalala with the SH, mm-hmm. without the T, without the C. Mm-hmm. And then on Twitter, I'm Junju underscore 28. Mm-hmm. That's J U N J U underscore 28. Mm-hmm. And then on Facebook, I'm Julia Shabalala. Oh, okay, great yes. stuff. Thanks very much for chatting to us it's been a pleasure uh, and we've learned so much and yeah you know keep the spirits I will great Thank you. stuff
Same bed, but it feels just a little bit bigger now. Our song on the radio, but it don't sound the same. When our friends talk about you, all it does is just tear me down. Cause my heart breaks a little when I hear your name. It all just sounds like Shit about your flowers If I was your man Bruno Mars Oh nice one Okay it's six to go Of course uh, before uh, three o'clock uh, What a lovely inspiring Encouraging story there uh, With Julia chatting uh, to us You can follow her on Twitter Is Junju underscore 28 J-U-N-J-U Underscore 28 uh, Of course sharing with us her Jenny uh, with her breast cancer uh, Of course as we've just been Trying throughout this month to bring you uh, 
personal stories and uh, get people to share. Last week we had Lillian Dube. She was hilarious and also shared uh, from brands which are, um, are helping to raise funds for breast cancer awareness. We spoke to the guys uh, from Estee Lauder uh, in the studio last week and the week before, of course, we were sharing uh, with the guys from Avon. I'm sure you took part in that Avon uh, walkathon which was taking place in Johannesburg this past weekend. That was a nice one. Talking about things coming up this weekend. It is uh, Africa, AFI, Africa International uh, Fashion Week, the Joburg Fashion Week, uh, taking place uh, this weekend uh, around uh, Johannesburg. I'm kicking off today. I'm off to a show uh, with a Cameroonian designer, uh, Kabunin, uh, who is coming through for the show, of course. Uh, the likes of Tabako, who's coming from Mozambique, will also be showcasing. So this is definitely a nice one uh, to check out if you're in Johannesburg. Also kicking off tonight is the Johannesburg Shopping Festival. So if you're crazy... About fashion and shopping uh, Look out for things like that Interesting stuff Happening in the city of Johannesburg I'm sure other exciting things are happening In your part of the world as well um, Another thing to know Today is World Stroke Day um, So if you're not looking after yourself And uh, yeah Your brain could uh, experience some hectic things And, and a stroke And yeah it's, uh, it's one of those things that you don't Again like breast cancer People always go oh stroke I mean that will never happen to me maybe in my 50s no with the kind of lifestyles that people are leading in 2014 uh, it, it can happen to anybody at 20 even at 25 you'll be shocked um, how things uh, have changed because of the lifestyles uh, that we're leading so Get as much information as possible about things like that and make sure that you're informed. Uh, so whatever situation you find yourself in, you know, you're able to sort of like tackle uh, those things. Yeah, I guess that's our show for today. Hey, um, let's find a nice song. Muzats. Yay.